1: Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles, right here on Tojanette and Pararex Radio. I'm getting some weird noises in here. Are you guys getting it, or just me? Hello?
2: I don't hear
3: any weird noises. Hmm.
1: Strange.
3: Anyways. uh, Hello, yes, I'm getting bubbling cauldron sounds. Sorry.
1: Yeah.
3: My mute was on.
1: (laughs) Never, no. Never mind. That's so, anyways, uh, all right, hopefully that's gone,
3: but uh,
1: we'll see. Okay. Anyways, uh, Ghost Chronicles, I am Rod Cole again. Of course, with me is the blood bombshell herself, and Kerrigan.
3: Hello, hello, hello. All right. Bubbling cauldron and all. I don't know.
1: Maybe Mala's here we don't know it.
3: <laughs> I know, right?
1: Yeah. She's off be... by
3: the California wildfires, actually.
1: Sounds like a speaker thing to me. Maybe. Mm. Anyway. Mm. That's
3: weird. Okay. Hi, everybody. We're right, really so, here.
1: Yeah, we are. <laughs> more, Many more of us, I think, than we anticipated.
3: <laughs> so maybe there's a bunch of little demons.
1: I have no clue. Anyways, right, uh, also him. joining us is my co-host, one of the crew from the morning show, of course, Roxy Zwicker, the founder of New England Curiosities. Hey,
2: spooky friends.
3: Mm. Hi, Roxy. Hello. I feel like it's been a while since we've chatted. It has. It was summer. It was still summer. Uh, we were up at the lighthouse. Summer? September? Yeah. August? I forget. I think it was, it you was did probably see your August. Of we were...
2: Briefly. I mean, SphereQuest is just such a blip. It goes
3: so I fast. Know. You
2: don't really have a chance to talk to everybody.
3: Oh, that's right. September was Spirit Quest, right. Okay. Now I know where we are. But we got to
2: hang out in the cemetery before that, which was awesome.
3: Yes, that was very awesome. Oh, my God. I loved that cemetery. Point of Graves. So I've wanted to see it for years and years and years, and then we went and we saw Roxy. Uh, Well, I went up to go on an adventure with Ron and Leslie, and Roxy was there, too, and it all just was like serendipity. It was lovely.
2: <laughs>
3: Nothing like meeting in an old cemetery. Nothing ah, warms the bones. Yes, absolutely, absolutely.
1: Ron, are, they, are you still
3: there? Okay, yeah, he is still yeah. there.
1: I mean, I can't—you know—can't get a word edgewise. You know.
3: Well, no.
1: Nope. Cackling hens there. Is...
3: Too bad. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I have to give, uh, you know, and besides, I deserve it because poor old Roxy is the only female on the morning show, and uh, there are many times that, uh, yeah, she's not too happy,
0: I don't think.
2: I'm happy. It's just challenging sometimes trying to bring in, uh, you know, the the point of view with, you know, all the the feisty Test- gentleman there and all that testosterone. Testosterone, stuff.
1: yeah. All oh, the bad boys.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Testosterone get that. and coffee on a Monday morning. is a, <laughs> a dangerous mix. Oh, you know, I would not want to do Monday morning with those guys. I'm sorry. Nope. You're a brave it, woman. It, it, it almost sets the tone for the week, so I have to be careful.
1: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, on last uh, Monday's show, uh, Roxy uh, revealed her new, uh, uh, what do you call it, new endeavor, which is a, yes. motion, a motion picture. So I'm kind of excited about it. And you want to give us the details of this, Roxy?
3: I'm dying to hear about it, too.
2: <laughs> so um, we have been working behind the scenes for about a year on a project called The Woodland Alchemy. And this was a film project we started last November that was supposed to be a really short film and ended up um, really turning into quite the endeavor. Um, The whole notion of it was kind of uh, finding that place between light and dark, between spirit and substance and trying to uh you know find a way to honor both of those within you how to honor your ancestors and spirits that are around you. Yeah, so yeah. it was um it was pretty cool because we had um a good friend of mine come up with three original haunting songs for the soundtrack and um it's just it's absolutely amazing how it's all come together and you know filmed uh part at Tuckaway State Park out in the woods so it's um it's very haunting and wow. beautiful and key and um, our VIP showing is this Saturday um, November 17th but our first public screening is in January on the 20th at the Newbury Port Center for the Performing Arts and we just popped tickets on sale for that and um, the trailer is also available if you haven't seen the trailer um, you can always check that out at um, you know on or on our Facebook page, you can get a flavor for all these cloaked, mysterious people wandering
3: through the woods and what they <laughs> discover. Nice. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Now, did you, um, so this was not something you did through your access facility. This was an independently done, uh, movie. So the access facility helped
2: sponsor in a piece. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we could use the, you know, the editing software and everything, the gentleman who, uh, I guess you could say, um, directed it and did the cinematography was, um, actually, uh, nominated a, two years ago for, um, for an Emmy for the work that he, he did in a project. So, um, we're going to be submitting this to, uh, the New Hampshire Film Festival and a few other organizations as well, because cool. it is, um, just aside from the. You know, the spooky nature of the narrative, it's just a absolutely gorgeous piece. It's just beautiful nice. to look
3: at. Nice. Yeah.
2: Awesome.
3: Uh, Congratulations.
2: You know. That's so exciting. Thanks. Thanks. It is it is really exciting. it's you know, it's one of those things, and where you know you come up with this little idea and then it's like, oh, it's just gonna be a little thing, and then it you know, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and then you're like, Oh my god, what just happened here? <laughs>
3: That's fabulous. I, I felt like that because um, I ha- I, I'm in a little bitty bit of the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, and, like, I didn't ever imagine that it would be any big a deal, and then it won all these awards, and I'm like, oh, holy crap! <laughs> so I can appreciate that, and that is so awesome that you, that you had that happen. Yeah, I Thank can't say see-
2: Congratulations for, for your project, too. That, that's pretty awesome.
3: Oh, thank you. I had I didn't have much to do with it. I was just lucky.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't say anything because I was just on a Emmy show. That's all. Uh, oh,
3: yeah.
1: Right. yeah. Oh well. Sorry, Ron. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was only a Emmy, so you know, uh, I, can't, I can't compete with you guys. That's too bad. All right, yeah. so moving right along. I I. I <laughs> I have to uh, admit one thing, that all this magical druid uh, witchcraft stuff Mm -hmm. will ever be etched in my mind and my son's. Because I remember one day I was, I think it was on, I don't know, some stupid channel on cable TV. We came on and to this wonderful scene of a bunch of men. Naked drumming around the f- f- campfire, yes. And it's never, it's etched in our minds uh-huh. and we can't get rid of it. So, oh. yeah, we're we're not fond of magical witchery, earthy thingies anymore.
2: Oh, if there were if there were women in that scene, would it
3: have been okay?
1: Oh, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah,
3: <laughs> naked women all over it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what
1: I figured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what's well, your point, you know- Roxanne? I don't get
3: it. It's not Roxy's fault you saw that scene on TV. It's television's fault.
1: Yes, that's what it was. The golden age of television. Yeah, anyway. So Roxy, uh, for those who don't know, is the proprietor of New England Curiosities. They do trolley tours, which are really awesome because she's got her her Christmas trolley tours coming up uh, shortly. And she does spooky ghost walks, which I think it done for the season. I'm not sure. And uh, she also has written, oh, God, about a dozen books on on various subjects about New England, including cemeteries, which I know. The Anne.
3: cemeteries, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: So she's a, quite the talented, talented person. And with any luck, the crew... <laughs> Lou, myself, are uh, trying to talk her to do a special pub crawl for the, uh, the Ghost Chronicles morning show. And uh, <laughs> we're working on it.
3: In the morning? You're going to do pub crawl in the morning?
1: Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, a, okay. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll be hosted by the morning show.
3: Oh! <laughs> How do I get in on that? Who do you,
2: who do you, who do you think is the most enthusiastic about that? <laughs>
1: You know it and I know it. It's uh, new. You know that.
2: Mm, it's blue.
3: It's Lou. I, the, I the,
1: only, the only problem, she has to go out of uh, city for it because she doesn't want to do it in Portsmouth. She has to, She doesn't want to be associated with us in Portsmouth, so we have to go to like, Newburyport or somewhere.
3: Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Freeport? Did you say Freeport? Newburyport. Oh, Newburyport. Sorry, it cut out. Ugh. Yeah. Why do you live so far away from me?
1: Oh, why do you live so far away from I'm me?
3: sad. No, I'm sad. I would totally love that. But I'd have to, like, go up to Newburyport and stay overnight in Newburyport if I was going to do a pub crawl.
1: Yeah, they they had, I mean, I have to admit, uh, that's the first time I went, we did the book signing at R&R Traders uh, mm-hmm. in Newburyport on Witches Night. And that is the coolest thing where people just walk through the town all dressed up in witches' hats and that stuff. That is neat. I and saw out, all your pictures. Yeah. give free free wine and stuff. It's like awesome. Ooh, wow, I'm, I'm I'm turning into a Newbury Portian.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! And you know, we went up. Um, so when when we did that special little our little exploration day, we went to the lighthouse with Ron and Leslie, and then we met up with Roxy at the cemetery and. And then we went up to Deadwick's Emporium. Folks, if you've never been to Deadwick's Emporium, okay, you gotta go. You gotta go. It's the, the coolest place. I bought this awesome scarf there. It's like a burnout scarf, and it's got like marabou feathers on the ends of it. And it's just, it's gorgeous. And they have just, it's just the neatest place. You have to see it. I, I, it's hard to even describe it, you mm-hmm. know? T- Roxy, tell people what like what's what's all in there and what you have upstairs. So, Deadwick's
2: is a a spooky sort of metaphysical shop. The time frame of the shop is the golden dawn, so everything is kind of themed back to 1880. Although the building that we're in is from about 1815, so building about 200 years old, and it's like walking into someone's parlor, and I'd say probably more than uh, 70% of the shop is curated um, from local artisans who create these amazing one-of-a-kind objects, everything from, you know, costume wear to our spirit boards to our dowsing rods. We have a huge library and herbal apothecary. We even have a Harry Potter section in the shop as well, (laughs) and it's um. Mm -hmm. It's a shop you can't really walk around once because no. there's there's so much stuff. I mean, literally hanging from the ceilings, there's stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a lot to see. Um, and then upstairs is our Hall of the Lost Arts, which is uh-huh. where um, I do my readings, and it's also our classroom space. And it's like sitting in a you know a very very early Victorian living room. Um, mm-hmm. Everything is tastefully decorated with antiques and artifacts and just, um, you know, candles everywhere and just something to be discovered around every corner. So it's, um, it's an interesting place to mm-hmm. watch people come in because sometimes people will open the door and turn around and walk out. And <laughs> then sometimes they'll be in there for like an hour. And they're just right. walking around looking at everything like a museum. Well,
1: it takes them an hour to get their, their eyes accumulated to the darkness.
2: Well, it is, it is a well, little why dim. Why in there. It's, well, it's the atmosphere. That, that's what you expect, is you know, yes. almost by candlelight back in the day.
1: Yeah, they hand out white canes when you walk in.
3: <laughs> oh, only to you, Ron. It's only to you. Just to run. It is run. It, it is it an is amazing cool spot.
2: Place. A very cool it is. It's
3: like when you walk in, okay, like those people that walk in and turn around and walk out, they weren't meant to be there. So, but like when people like us walk in, we walk in and go oh, oh wow oh my god it's it was just really cuz i had never been there and i didn't know what to expect and i was like oh, and the the guy behind um he's you know the guy on duty the the
2: duty
1: newton
3: yes newton yes Is newton, that he's, he's, there, he's yeah He's actually in our film as well. So he has, like, um, uh, I don't know how to describe it, like mutton chops, kind of? Um, he's very, very unique, okay? Nice guy. But you just know as soon as you walk in, you're like, oh, my God, this place is like, I haven't been in any place like this before. So... And I think, so when you walk upstairs and Ron, like, you know, as soon as you walk upstairs and you look around uh, the space where Roxy does the classes and things, you're just like, oh, my God. It's like you just get a feeling like this is so cool. It's peaceful. Uh,
0: But, yeah, it's it's yes. It's
3: just uh, it's just an amazing setting and a a great uh, you you feel I can't describe the feeling when am Yeah, up there. it's really cool. Absolutely it's cool. It's peaceful, um, but it's, like, kind of mystical. That's a good it, it is. It, it is definitely mystical, and,
2: um, you know, we, we do our best to make sure, you know, the store stays, you know, smudged and the energy there is yeah. good. And we, we, know that, we know there are some spirits that are there, and that's okay. But we, we try to keep the energy nice and clear for people that come in. Because some people just come in to wind down from the day. It's the strangest thing. They're like, I just need to connect I with the that. energy in here and then I
3: can go home. Yeah. yeah. I would I absolutely agree with that. Yep. Yeah.
1: And they got animal parts there, too, which is always
3: cool. <laughs> They do. called uh,
2: taxidermy, taxidermy, <laughs> tastefully done, humane, Taxidermy. Right, oh right. uh, no,
1: nothing no the animals were hopped in, in the stuffing of them.
3: No, uh, <laughs> they were already dead. Okay, we'll if you say so. I'll go with that. Did a, was, was
2: was Tom Selleck the Turkey out on display when you came?
1: No, I don't know. Right, I think we missed him. No, I think we I missed really him.
2: Missed that. <laughs> Tom Sell all the taxidermy gets named, and he was Tom Selleck
3: the Turkey. Oh That's different. Does he have a lot of chest hair?
2: He he was all all fluffed up with feathers in the chest area.
3: (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Oh my god.
1: Yeah. What other? I mean, you have like alligator claws there, I believe, right?
3: Yep.
2: Alligator claws in uh, the Hoodoo tradition were used for good luck and for prosperity, and the alligator claws. Come from alligators oh, hell, in uh, yeah. Florida that were used for food.
3: Oh, so, Okay.
2: So they use the rest of the alligator for food and um they they obtain the claws. So um there's out al- there's alligator claws. It's like the rabbit's um, foot, right? Yeah, kinda like the rabbit's foot. Tastes like chicken. There's um
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Um all all sorts of porcupine quills, pretty amazing. Um shark's teeth. All kinds of really cool stuff, beetle wings, you know, all sorts of just really, you know, strange things that, um, you know, most people don't see. And, again, you know, it's not for everybody, but, mm-hmm. you know, some people collect it and display it. And, you know, it's um, a, a little something for everybody that's there.
1: I'm I actually looking right now as I have uh, across from me a uh, jaguar claw. Oh, oh,
3: a jaguar cool. claw? Yeah,
1: from uh, South America.
3: Huh, it's, on a,
1: it's, on on it's on a special amulet. It's a special
3: amulet. Where did you get that? South America. <laughs> you went to South America? You, I didn't. Well, that's why Ma- I'm asking you. How did you... How Maureen, did. Did you oh, Maureen got it? Yeah,
1: Maureen got it for me. Nice. Uh, yeah. So there you go. I got some poor dead animals in here. <laughs> <So I laughs> what is the
3: significance? significance?
1: What's that, uh, Roxy?
2: Do you, so do you wear this for a special purpose?
1: Hell no. <laughs> it's got feathers on it and beads. It looks like a... No.
3: Well, what is the significance of it? What are you supposed to do with it?
1: Uh, Tack it up in my office and leave it there.
3: Oh, okay. And let it gather dust. Okay.
1: Let it gather yeah. dust.
3: All right.
1: Yeah. Oh. You, it protects me from jaguars. I haven't been attacked from a jaguar since I've had it. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> I'm just saying. Hi. Let's work. Okay. <laughs> all right. whatever. Anyway, whatever.
3: You know, there's something you're supposed to be doing with it.
1: Sure. Tack it up and put it on my office wall.
3: Okay. All right. Next
1: next to all the other Got it. weird crap I have in here.
3: Yeah, yeah. You do have a lot of weird crap in there. Yeah. I would I would agree with that.
0: Yes.
1: Anyway, moving right along. So Roxy, uh, how did this, this, uh, picture come about? This, the movie? Know, this movie, whatever it is. Yeah.
2: Did the movie come about. Um, so, uh, the gentleman who, who was, you know, really responsible for it chatted, um, had asked me if I would be interested in just filming, uh, a, a short piece kind of, he's, you know, in relation to maybe use something for the tours or classes that I do. And um, like I said, it just started out as, you know, let's film a three or four minute piece. And so um, I said, sure. And then he asked me if I knew anybody that would be interested in doing it with me. So, um, you know, I went to my friend Stacy, who um, you've actually met before, Ron, and um, my friend Jenna. And I said, would you be interested in coming and doing the piece with me? And when we went to do um, the initial filming at the end of the day when we took a look at the footage Chad was like there's you know there's no way we can cut this down he's like we actually probably should make something more out of it because right. it just came out so good so it was just this you know kind of fun let's go try this and see what's going to happen and then it ended up you know being one full song and then two more songs and then each one of us ended up having a you know a large part in it so we each bring something different to the film, each one of us. And then Nate, um, who you just talked about at Deadwick's, um, does, does part of the narration and discovers the story and goes on his own journey. So it all ended up being like, you know, what do we each want to represent in this piece? And that's kind of how it, it ended up being from this, oh, let's just, you know, take the camera into the woods and take a few pictures and see what happens.
1: Who did the screenplay? I did. Oh wow! Good. Nice. Yeah. There's no naked nakedness, is, it, is there in it?
2: We talked about it, but we decided probably not to <laughs> make it available to wider audiences.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's PG-13. <laughs>
2: there's, there's a lot of smoke. So if you look through the smoke, maybe you might see something naked on the other side. There I you can't go. Yeah. You That's
1: know what? Just, if you look yeah. at the smoke, you might see whatever you want to see. Be honest with you.
2: Okay. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Also, also considering it was like 25 degrees when we filmed, yeah. it's highly unlikely, but you never know.
1: Well, you know, that's got its good points and bad. <laughs> just saying. Indeed,
2: it does. Uh, Indeed just saying. Does.
1: Not that I know anything about that.
3: Of course, no, absolutely not. The nakedness?
1: Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, okay. Good. I'm glad. Glad.
1: Come on, you're not that naive.
3: hmm
1: No. Anyways, <laughs> Roxy has this uh, – uh, she was very nice to me at uh, Halloween, as she always is, brought us treats. And one of the things she brought was this cool pen from uh, New England Curiosities. And it's uh, – it, yeah. did it come about? How did that come about? And what's the symbolism of the symbol on New England Curiosities?
2: So way back, um, in the day when when I first designed the logo for New England Curiosities, um, and this was you know probably 2002, which really to me seems like forever ago. Um, I, I decided that our our <laughs> logo should be, uh, and it kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> it should be a, a winged skull or a death head. So mm-hmm. I had found a gravestone in Ipswich that had um, an amazing death head on it. And I used that for a number of years for our logo. Um, we, we originally used to be, uh, it was Experience local legends, lore, and mystery. And, you know, to me, nothing was more mysterious than a death head. I mm-hmm. People didn't understand what it meant. Right.
3: So
2: um, I, I used that for a while, but then, um, you know, probably about 2009, uh, I started having experiences with Elizabeth Pierce, who you folks got introduced to when we're at the Point of Greys, and she right. also has deathbed, mm-hmm. but it's different. And um, she has an hourglass perched on top of the skull, and uh, the carving's from 1717, so it's, you know, 300 years old. It's pretty amazing to me. Wow. And um, the hourglass is... You know, it's on top of the skull, so it represents the delicate balance between life and death. And at any moment, you know, through, through the shifting of events, that we could be gone.
0: Trust and me, And all of
2: the sand. <laughs> yeah. And, and all of the sand in the hourglass is chipped out at the bottom to show you that time has run out for Elizabeth. And, Pretty you know, much my life, of, too. <laughs> right.
3: My glasses <laughs> run.
2: That's my- right. That's right. Exactly. And you'll see that carved on some stones. Mm-hmm. So the the deathbed isn't designed really for the person that is buried there. It's actually more for the living. When you consider what people were going through in colonial New England, you know, with no modern medicine and no vaccinations, and many women dying in childbirth, and right. high infant and child mortality rate. Um death was around every single corner, so it was essentially a message, you know, how were you living your life? Were you going to church? That that life is very fleeting and back in the day it was much more fleeting than it is today. So it's um it's an interesting reminder and it's funny when people come out on the tours and they look at these gravestones and maybe even Anne, you can speak to this too. They don't always understand, you know, what what it means. Some people will ask us if it's, you know, pirate craze
1: Oh, what we have, have to mean? take a break. That's the music. Right. Be yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back after the following messages.
0: Hello, hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting... By listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing. Although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I am required elsewhere on something called a K-Tool. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Hi, Steve Parsons here looking for sea monsters in Tenby, West Wales. And I'll be over in New England looking for your sea monsters this coming fall. Join me, Ron Kolek, and a host of others at Spirit Quest 2018. We'll see you there.
3: Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, and our special guest this evening is Roxy Zwicker. There you go. Yay! Yay!
1: <laughs> so, this in in uh, Concord, uh, Massachusetts, there's a uh, cemetery there where they have a, a skull in it, and they say if you take a picture of it, you can see the eyeballs in it, it'll show up in this picture. You ever hear of that one?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs>
3: yes did you yes, want to I talk about it? <laughs> have
1: you ever tried it?
2: Um, most of the pictures that I have from Concord are during the day, and mm-hmm. I've never I've never seen that come up. I actually have a scarier story than that from that cemetery, but that's okay. We can start there.
1: Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's a cool cemetery, actually.
2: Yeah, it is. Yes, a
3: great cemetery. Is. Yeah, I and I think that they say that. The eyes, yeah, it's supposed to be at night, and the, the wind I, picks I have, up, and it, things yeah. chase you down the hill. and
1: I've, I've got the eyeballs in the, in the photograph.
3: Really? Yeah. Oh, I'd like
1: to see and that. And it was in the daytime, so pooey on you. Well,
3: well really? And, and I, should,
1: I should say in dusk.
3: In dusk, okay. Dusk. Well, I was in bright morning sun at that God, point my fault, uh, is it? at the stone so you know what can i say mm. anyways <laughs> we along. yeah
1: so roxy you were telling me cooler
2: so if you look at the houses that are at the foot of the cemetery mm. in concord you'll notice that there is this strange stone wall that's behind the houses and it almost looks like a retaining wall for the cemetery and it's, it's got to be you know at least 250 years old and one of the amazing things is if you take a closer look at its stone wall you'll actually find that there's little openings in there and i mean little you know that you would have to essentially get on your belly and crawl into but all of those openings are actually used as part of the underground railroad so Ooh. These little tiny caves that go underneath the burials in that cemetery <gasps> as part of the Underground Railroad. I
3: didn't know that. Mm-hmm.
2: It's amazing. Nice. Yeah, cool so, the, the one you can you can access the most is actually behind there's um it's, I forget exactly what the exact date of it is, but it's seventeen hundreds and it's the art gallery. It's this big beautiful white colonial house and right behind it if you go behind the garden you'll see the openings and again you'd have to you know, pretty much crawl down and get into them, but the spaces are still there.
1: Mm-hmm. So, are we talking about the same um, cemetery? Because the one I'm talking about has a church in front of it. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. It's the one, the one in Concord, Massachusetts. The church is in front, and you go up. Yeah.
1: The well, there's there's several cemeteries there in in in, in Concord proper. Uh, there's there's Arthur Row, which is in a different cemetery.
2: No, 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 not that. No. One. No. This okay. Is, this is the one that we're going to
1: Yep, yep, okay. I just want to make sure I was in was the same one. Yeah, yep. I just want to make sure I was in the same one. My my yeah. Yeah, yeah no,
3: it's and,
1: okay. It, yeah, and author and row and, and all the other uh, cemeteries there are in are really cool that's and contained. Sleepy as well.
3: hollow. Sleepy hollow has yes. the author's row. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Yes. We're yes. talking about old hill.
1: I can't. Re- I don't remember the name of it, but uh, yeah, I know the cemetery, okay. but I just didn't remember the name of it. But I know that Sleepy Hollow is where the author's role is, and uh, oh, that's right. a much, much bigger cemetery than Get whatever yes. this one is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And of course, if you go all the way, there's the other cemetery across the river, Oh whatever it is, Brook stream, water.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. So anyways, uh, you, you've gone to a lot of cemeteries, both of you have, and uh, you've pretty much, uh, I think you've, well, I don't know, I was going to say that you've pretty much gone to the same ones, but I think you've each gone to your own uh, as well as the same as the same, same one as well. So uh, people don't realize it, but there are just so many cemeteries uh, in this New England, especially. Uh, just tiny plots that are in the middle of nowhere. I know that, like, if you go on uh, up on, I forget what the route is, but going towards Portsmouth, uh, where the Goodwill store is. and I mean, the uh, Civilization Army store is everything. If you, right along the side of the road, there's this tiny, tiny little cemetery right there. And uh, you wouldn't even notice it. But uh, there it is, popped in the middle. And there are so many like that everywhere, these little... Tiny family plots.
2: Oh, it's true. There's uh, the, the, there's one where you're talking about. It's in the parking lot of Starbucks, <laughs> and it dates back to the early 1800s. And it drives me nuts. And you know, maybe Ann, people do this to you. Um, they'll ask me, you know, Roxy, why is there? You know, a cemetery in the parking lot of Taco Bell. Why is there a cemetery? <laughs> you know, in, in in the parking lot for Starbucks. And I'm like, what do you think came first? People don't stop and think about that. Right. And I'm like, they didn't put the cemetery there after nope. Starbucks.
3: They did not. But
2: it's largely family plots on family farms and family land. So right.
1: the, those,
2: uh, there's. I know exactly what you're talking about, Ron.
1: No, I, I don't think you do, Roxy. I think this one doesn't. It's in the woods. It's there's a capture woods and it's just it's on the
2: right-hand side
1: uh, if you're going you're to into portsmouth if, yes if you're coming in going up towards portsmouth it's on the right-hand side it's just it's just a tiny <coughs> thing it's right on the edge of the road and it's surrounded by woods
2: yes
1: it's pretty I weird exactly I, yeah it's so weird it's like oh man right there and, and <laughs> the, the odd thing about it is there was a new grave there as well so which was kind of cool
3: oh that's really weird yeah. In an old family plot?
1: Yeah. Huh. So, evidently, the line continues because they still own the plot.
2: Huh. Well, and that's usually how, how these things go sometimes, too. You know, people would choose, you know, in this day and age, if they could, to be buried with their family, not yeah, necessarily, you, you know, in a big cemetery. Yeah,
1: wouldn't you, Roxy?
2: I think I would.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you had a family plot that would, for generations... And wouldn't you?
3: I suppose. I I don't know. You know. I think if I if I knew that it was perched at the edge of the Starbucks parking lot, I'd be concerned about damage and and vandalism. But I I don't know. I interesting. I guess not until I was faced with that decision.
1: Well, actually, you would be. You'd be dead.
3: Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd like to think <laughs> it might not Pittsburgh be a top, sudden. Top death
1: would deposit you
3: i don't know <laughs> i don't know I, I don't know i'd like to i'd like to really hope that i have a little advanced warning of my death but maybe maybe not
1: you never know maybe not did maybe we not. just talk about that uh, previously? that's true
3: yeah. can we jump back in time for a minute here
1: yeah absolutely
3: because so you let us down the path of this stone that's in in burial the the old burying ground in, in concord but so, people know the stone, the specific tone, stone we're talking about is uh, John Cummings' stone, and it kind of sits, like, perched right at the top of the hill. Yeah. And at the top of the stone, it says, all must submit to the king of terrors. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, the king of terrors is death. Mm-hmm. Um. Meaning that everybody faces death. So in case anybody wants to go to this particular cemetery and look at this stone, that's the stone you're looking for.
1: Yeah, it's it's way up on the top of the hill. It's, it's to top the top left, of, left of the church. If you were facing the church, it's, it's to the left of the church yeah. and, and up on the top of the hill.
3: And It's a very long and wordy stone, just let me tell you.
1: It's a cool stone, actually.
3: It's a cool stone, and the, the print goes... Big, big, medium, medium, teeny, teeny, tiny, itty bitty. So bring your reading glasses. <laughs> I just want to tell you that. Um, so, anyways, well, I just the, want uh, to.
1: They uh, run out of money and have to uh, squeeze it all in. Yeah, they it...
3: had to squeeze it all in because it's one hell of a eulogy, let me tell you, or an epitaph. But mm-hmm. um, it's it's uh, a large stone and it's got a big skull on the top of it. Not even a death head. It's a skull. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's over a um, soul effigy. But anyways. Okay, now we can move along. I just had to bring that up because... No, that's fine. No, it's we, good. That's, want, I'd like to let people know where the stones are, right?
1: Absolutely. No, oh, it's a good point, Anne. Very good point. There you go. Okay. Maybe I can dig up a copy of it somewhere and post it on our page. But
3: uh, oh, Well, I have it right in front of me, so I... Can oh, just
1: post it up there, then,
3: so I, people I will don't. see
1: it. Okay. Anyways, uh, Roxy, you... what what. Which stone uh, uh, carving have you found one of the most interesting? Uh, not graves, but but carving. You know symbolism.
2: Oh, God, you know, there's been there's been so many, and some in particular that I have really tried to find. And I think one that was probably one of the most elusive was actually in Vermont, and it was. One where I you know I, I couldn't even imagine this woman she I think she when she died, she was roughly 41, 42 years old, and she kept trying to have children. And every time she had a child, either the child died upon its birth or within a short time thereafter. And the gravestone itself was pretty incredible because it had all 12 faces. Card on it along with one for her and then there was a grave just next to it for uh the child that lived the longest who i think died at seven years old Mm -hmm. and um it was uh, to see a gravestone with 12 faces on it was (sighs) was pretty pretty heart-wrenching yeah this woman kept trying to have children right and and It just wasn't working out for her. When I went down to Newport, Rhode Island, um, there was another gravestone. It was was much larger. Um, It had five heads on it of of cherubs, of angels, beautifully done, very sweet faces, Mm -hmm. detailed hair, Mm -hmm. and it was five full gravestones that were all attached. So it was one big gravestone that had five um, lunettes or five tops to it. And it was, I mean, it was probably nine, ten feet long. And those were two of the gravestones that really stayed with me because eventually these women who were giving birth to these children eventually succumbed to whatever was wrong with them. And they're buried with all of their children there. But the one with the woman who had, you know, the 12 that she was buried with and then the one that was next to her, Mm -hmm. seeing those faces on the stone just really, really struck me.
3: Mm. Where was this was in Rhode Island? You said no. The the,
2: the one with the twelve was in Vermont. Vermont. I'm sorry. The one with the five was in Newport, Rhode Island. I'm I'm trying to think of the yeah the the name of the the gravestone in Vermont. It was very elusive. It was out in the woods. I had it, and the funny thing is, I I stopped to um, the local historical society because I couldn't find it. And the gentleman was closing up shop at the historical site, and I said, "So i you know, I'm looking for this grave, this woman and her twelve children. It's carved on the gravestone." And he was the seventh generation descendant. Oh, and that oh man wow! Was actually related to her.
0: Oh, I nearly wow.
2: died. I was like, "Oh my God, are you kidding me?" He's like, "Oh, let me let me tell you more about the story." And I was like, "Are wow. you serious?"
3: Wow, that's awesome. It was. God. It was like. It was like. And it was and it was like random, but not you know what I mean it was supposed to be yeah right yeah
1: uh, right so what about you and what what is your the most intriguing one you found uh
3: oh jeez, there's so many having, uh,
1: uh, oh whatever I nothing, don't, nothing uh, yeah. stands out
3: well you know honestly, yeah, one of the um down in in plymouth um in the uh, yeah, hello. Now right on my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was probably uh, the first. I mean, there's a similar. Uh, it's a skull and crossbones. Mm-hmm. So it was similar to the one that I saw up in in Portsmouth in the Point of Graves, uh, but it was in Plymouth on its burial hill, right? Um, yep, that is burial, hills. burial hill. There's tons of up, burial hills. Up there, I know there's burial hills everywhere. Mm. But right uh, in in Plymouth proper, you know, you've got burial hill, and it was it's just so clear and distinct. And it's funny because on my cemetery tripping page, I have a very similar skull and crossbones um, as the the profile pic and it was just like that but it was just probably it was it, i was early into the whole cemetery tripping thing and it was like it was a cold winter's day and um i was freezing to death actually <laughs> it started to snow um that w- but that was the first gravestone that i seen like and it was so even after three hundred plus years, so crisp and so pristine, I was like, this is amazing that this is still standing here. So and I don't even know whose grave it is, but that is probably the one that stands out most in my mind for any for what I've seen. Yeah. The memory
1: now I, I, I can't think of a a gravestone offhand, but I, I and I think I went with you with with you Ann and we went to this tomb and if you looked in wherever you looked in, he had put these statues in so that uh you could see like his children or, or his thing or his wife, they were always looking at him no matter which way you looked in. Do you remember that?
2: I know which one that is.
1: You do? Okay. Uh,
3: I don't I think don't the Blondie does. Was... So, Bill. I don't out. know if that was with me.
1: I'm pretty sure it was, because I don't go to cemeteries without you. Well, that's well. Sometimes we do. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes, Leslie. but most times not. <laughs> <laughs> Roxy, do you know what that I... is?
2: I do, and I actually I do that in my presentations because I've I've been out to that gravestone, grave uh, mausoleum. It's out. Um, just outside of Claremont in Vermont. Well, no, no, we didn't um, go
1: there. Maybe. All hey, right, go Curtis.
2: Ahead. Are you sh- oh no! Which
3: one? Are you, where? Where were you for yours?
1: Well, tell me about this one. This is that's all right. I'll...
3: Was that in Maplewood, <laughs> in New York, Ron?
1: That wasn't. That wasn't Maplewood. That was. Uh, uh oak.
3: North, North uh, Adams. Uh, oak. Maple uh, oak. Yeah, whatever. Subtree. <laughs> <Some>
1: tree. <laughs> Anyways, Roxy, tell me about yours.
2: <laughs> so um, the one that I'm talking about is the Bowman Mausoleum. Yep. And it's actually in Cuttingsville, Vermont. And when we, when we went to see this mausoleum, one of the amazing things about it was his house was right across the street. So from the second floor of his house, you could actually look right to his gravestone marker. Mm-hmm. So it, it's pretty amazing because it said that the house is haunted. You can still see him walking around the house looking at the tomb. Mm-hmm. So um, the story is, you know, this guy who was very wealthy um, from New York. Unfortunately, his wife became very ill. Then the child became very ill, and they both passed away. So he ended up having this amazing mausoleum built. Um, It took over 100 people to sculpt it, and he had himself, a statue of himself made life-size at the door to the mausoleum, and he's there holding his hat in his hand, a key over his heart, and when you look through um, the mausoleum doorway, which by rights is supposed to be open in season, you look through and you'll see there are mirrors on the wall, and there are statues of his wife and his two children in there, and they're only reflected in the mirrors. It's very hard to see them in the actual mausoleum, and he's looking through the veil at them. He was a spiritualist.
1: Oh, so oh okay. in the
2: entrance of the tomb, and the only way you can see their faces, because their heads are turned away from you, their faces are only visible in the mirrors. Oh, that's
1: so cool.
3: Oh, that is cool. Oh my I don't god. Think that's
1: the one what I'm talking about that is very cool though. Thanks for sharing that one though.
3: Wow. Oh, I thought just see. <laughs> that. We gotta go on a road
1: trip up there, kid.
2: Oh, we do. <laughs> well, it, it's funny cuz there's a there's a note on the mausoleum from the historical society that's very misleading. It says that they don't quite understand why it was carved in that manner cuz it just seems to be this optical illusion, but when you read about Mr. Bowman and about his you know, his spiritualist nature, it actually all makes sense because they're on the other side of the carved columns in there. And he's, I mean, he's life size kneeling down at the gate. He's just as big as you are yep. outside the mausoleum. And it's very, very eerie. Um, I I talk about it in my presentations all the time. It's probably one of the coolest mausoleums I've I've visited anywhere.
1: Sounds amazing. I've definitely heard about that. Uh, I don't think that's the one I was talking about, but I've definitely heard about that one because I think I might even heard it on uh, Mysteries at the Museums or or one of those shows. Uh, But I definitely remember that with the mirrors and him looking through the veil thing. But uh, there's so many cool uh, cemeteries, so many cool graves and mausoleums, and and the thing that irks the crap out of me is when people <laughs> go and, and just destroy the stones for no particular reason oh, at all. That ignorant, uh, it's ridiculous. It's like being freaking Sorry. Taliban for God's sakes and blowing yeah. up ornaments. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's so so frustrating. Mm. It's terrible. Well, bet-
3: between the years
2: of 1989 and 1992. Two men with baseball bats went into the Eastern Cemetery and Western Cemetery in Portland and destroyed 1,943 gravestones. Almost 2,000 gravestones. They should have put
1: every single one of them together for the rest of their lives.
3: God. They got community service
1: putting them back together. That's
3: (laughs) disgusting. That's disgusting. It is disgusting. All right, yeah.
1: Yeah, and not I only that they're people's graves, but also that, the, the, the historic significance of them. Yeah. Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah. Most of them were 16 and 1700s. Right. Uh, and in the cemeteries are haunted.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're probably know. haunted. Well, I hope they're haunted for the rest of their lives. They are. I can't. Yeah, I, I can't deal with stuff like that. I can't. It yeah. Makes me sick. yeah. physically sick. Physically sick. Absolutely. And I know, you know, if you're you're out there looking for your ancestors, and something like that happens. I mean, it's just is not even any words. You can't replace it. You can't replace it. No. Oh. You know. Now, when you see you've seen stones that have been standing for almost, you know, three hundred plus years, and you're like, how. You know they survived the elements and the acid rain and yeah, itty comes well, in and me, does that. It,
2: it, it, and it's such a cowardly thing to do. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's it's a defenseless gravestone. So it means a lot to somebody, and you know, there's I, I don't get you know the, the method behind it or the thought process mm-hmm. makes no sense. Yeah. Okay.
3: Oh.
1: Don't Just it. some idiots in the world. It's simple.
3: hmm Yep. Proves plenty, and there's plenty. There's plenty yep. of them.
1: <laughs> uh, and the uh, so- you know, it proves the old adage to, to the question answer to the question can people really be that stupid? And the answer, of course, is yes. Yep.
2: Sometimes they so- can be. Mm-hmm.
1: So you have your trolley tours coming up uh, uh, about the Christmas, which is I always thought intriguing. That must be a unique experience.
2: It is. We have a really good time on um, the Christmas trolley here in Portsmouth. Um, obviously, it's you know it's really beautiful around here for the holidays. We have the big Christmas tree in Market Square, and there's just so much to see. So we bring people around to see more of the Victorian architecture. Kind of give people an idea of how the holidays were celebrated. And then we go into the Wentworth-by-the-Sea, which is all decorated for the holidays. and mm-hmm. do a big lighting mm-hmm. of the Wentworth. And they have a gingerbread house every year that's like the size of my car. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's massive. Awesome. Like the whole hotel smells like gingerbread. Mm-hmm. Last, the year before last, they did a real working 10-foot tall gingerbread lighthouse in there.
3: Awesome.
2: So we bring everybody in, and I take pictures of everybody, and we check out all the decorations, which are just, like, phenomenally amazing. Oh, um, we cool. talk about the flying Santa. And then usually um, the last, like, half hour, we take people around to see the holiday lights. We read letters to Santa that were submitted back in the <laughs> 70s and 80s from the newspaper. Oh. So we get to reminisce, you know, about – different toys that people wanted back in the day and what they were wishing for from Santa. And it's just, it's really fun. We dress up, we give out candy, we play holiday music, and just all that fun stuff.
1: Yeah, it's a blast. Uh, we were, Steve and I, Steve Prossin and myself, were able to take one of uh, Roxy's tours a couple of years back. And it, it, it's a lot of fun. And we stopped at the Wentworth and everything. It's, it's, it's a blast. Uh, I have a quick question you before I forget, Roxy. What treaty was signed at the Wentworth?
2: The, well, the dignitaries for the Russo-Japanese Peace Treaty signing
1: that's stayed what it was, at the yeah.
2: Wentworth, and the, the signing took place at the ship. shipyard. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's I, I keep getting that. I keep forgetting. Oh my God, we're out of time. Oh. Ah. Well, so, Rock, so, actually, before we go, uh, if people wanted to get in touch with you and, and learn about uh, some of the events you're, you're, you carry, I mean, you do a ton of events, too, and also your books and everything, how could they, how could they find you?
2: So, um, New England Curiosities is, of course, we're on Facebook. Uh, we have a website, newenglandcuriosities.com, which has information about everything that we do um, as far as tours and events and we're starting to line up next year stuff on there. And also, um, if you want to find out about the film, the website for the film is thethewoodlandalchemy.com. The trailer information about the film is on there. So there's always a million things going on. And, of course, you can always listen to Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition for more.
1: Oh, yeah, for more.
2: <laughs>
1: that's what there, I was thinking, yeah. more.
3: <laughs> well, that's awesome, and uh, good luck with that Uh that film opening, and it sounds terrific.
2: Thank you. And um, if if that's not enough, then you can check out Wicked Curious Radio, too. That's the other radio
1: Uh show that I do. Oh, cool. Oh, that's right. It's right after my show on uh, my niece. It's it's awesome. It's another great show. She talks about all kinds of stuff. She's much more sane than I am. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely worth seeing.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure she's way more sane than you are. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I tried it. it it's, it's difficult. It's difficult on the morning show babysitting those three guys, I'll tell you. Uh,
3: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I believe it.
2: You, I believe I, it.
1: I, you you, you swear know it, so- Yes, I do. <laughs> I, sw- I swear she sometimes ages right on the air.
2: <laughs> you, can, you can hear it happening, honestly. Yeah,
3: I believe it. Well, I see I it
1: because it's, this is well, also brought to Yep, it's also broadcast live on uh, Facebook page as well, so you can see uh, it as well as hear it. So, awesome. Well, there so, Rox, right thank you yeah. so much for joining us today, and uh, Thanks, you have Roxy. a great, happy Thanksgiving. If uh, you can celebrate that or not, I don't know, maybe it's another oh, sure. holiday we stole from <laughs> somebody or whatever. Anyway.
2: <laughs> no, I love turkey.
1: Yeah, me too. That's Boy, That's my I day. Too. They're gonna rename it. I have my Thanksgiving on Wednesday, so it's even better. So, anyways, we gotta go. Uh, No show next week. We'll be we'll be playing uh, a old show next week. So, Ann will be going somewhere, and I'll be eating turkey. So, there you go. So, till then, good night. God bless.
3: Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Happy Thanksgiving.